Welcome back to History Plus True Crime Uncovered, a new podcast series all about historical stories, people, and places. Disclaimer, some content in this episode may be sensitive to some listeners. Discretion is advised for those under the age of 13. I'm going to take you back a little bit into history that's also a true crime story. Arsenic became known as the inheritance powder due to its use in killing family members in the Renaissance era. During the Bronze Age, arsenic was often included in the manufacture of bronze, making the alloy harder, so-called arsenical bronze. Arsenic was particularly popular as a poison in the 17th and 18th centuries, and it gained its nickname inheritance powder for the usability of its use in disposing of spouses or relatives. What also helped was the fact that very little was required. Little more than the size of a pea could constitute a lethal dose. It was, at this time, very easy to obtain in the amounts required to kill. Fowler's Solution, a popular medicinal tonic at the time, contained arsenic trioxide dissolved in potassium carbonate solution, and the compound could easily be obtained as a rat poison. Additionally, prosecutors could often summon little in the way of evidence against poisoners due to the lack of any chemical chemical tests that could identify arsenic's use. The initial symptoms of arsenic poisoning were often hard to distinguish from those of food poisoning at the time, another factor which made it difficult to prove cases of poisoning. Symptoms commonly appeared around 30 minutes after ingestion of arsenic, though this could be delayed if it was eaten with food. These symptoms included fatigue, headache, numbness, and palpitations. A metallic taste may also be noted in the mouth and a victim's breath may also develop in an odor resembling that of garlic. Let me introduce you to Giulia Tofana, the Italian serial poisoner who became a legend. Sometimes the most inconsequential inconsequential moments can change the course of history. This is one of those times when a bowl of soup brought down 17th century Rome's most notorious assassin. Naturally, the story doesn't begin with that bowl of soup. No, it begins as all truly terrifying horror stories do with unchecked patriarchy. Because in 1633, Italy, the ultimate The ultimated power afforded to men meant that women of those times often suffered untold abuse. They had no standing in society and few opportunities to better their situations. They could marry and hope that their husbands treated them decently. They could remain single and rely on sex work to survive or they could become a widow. That third option was the preferred choice among the wealthier class. Women stuck in in bad marriages with violent husbands who couldn't count on the law for help. Even if their spouse didn't physically harm them, the accepted idea that women were property meant wives didn't get much say in the shape of their the way their lives took. The desire was freedom. The solution? Meriticide or murder. The method? Poison. Obviously. And no one was more skilled at crafting and packaging deadly poisons for Italian ladies in the 17th century than Giulia Tofana. Giulia was born in Palermo in the year 1620. Her mother was the infamous Theophana di Amando, who was executed for murdering her own husband in 1633. 
It has been rumored that Diamando passed away, passed down the recipe for her best performing poison to her daughter. But even if that wasn't the case, Julia herself was skilled in brewing all kinds of tinctures. She moved from Sicily to Naples to Rome, expanding her black market trade, harboring a soft spot for women trapped in loveless, suffocating relationships. She started selling toxins to help them escape. With the help of her daughter, a group of trusted associates, and probably a priest, Julia launched an underground ring of criminals from her apothecary shop. To those not in the know, her business was cosmetics. She sold powders and liquids to enhance women's beauty. That front made it easier to disguise her best-selling product, Aqua Tofana. Aqua Tofana was a coveted face cream or oil used by Italian ladies to look, looking to pursue, preserve their youth or procure a status of widowhood. It, it came in a bottle or a powder case often labeled as Manna of St. Nicholas of Bari, a popular healing ointment for blemishes. Made of a mixture of lead, arsenic, and belladonna, Aqua Tefana contains some of the same ingredients as normal cosmetics at the time, which helped it to blend in on a woman's nightstand or vanity. Husbands were none the wiser that their wife's beauty regimen was their death warrant and was right there on the counter. Another element of Julia's poison that made it so masterfully deceitful is how it killed its victims. The first dose, normally diluted with some kind of liquid, would cause exhaustion and physical weakness. The second dose would bring on stomach aches, vomiting, and dysentery. The third or fourth dose would take care of the rest. The poison and the method of administering it meant that doctors and investigators believed the death had been caused by some unknown illness or disease. The slow nature of the poisoning meant that the victims had a chance to get their affairs in order and their wives were there to exert their influence over what that order would look like. And the deaths, those tragically young lives lost to their sick beds were never believed to be anything more. The poison undetectable, the murders free of suspicion, and Julia's business flourished. She was careful to only sell products to ladies that she knew or women who had been vetted by past clients. Unfortunately, one customer, a young woman who procured Aqua Tefana planning her husband's demise, got cold feet. After mixing a few drops of the deadly liquid into her husband's soup, she panicked begged him not to eat it and inadvertently revealing the criminal activities of Julia and her accomplices. The husband forced his wife to give up to Fauna and the rest of her network of poisoners and he soon got the police involved. Julia was loved, beloved by the people, especially the women, both powerful and poor, who she had helped. She got word of her warrant before the authorities came knocking and was granted sanctuary by a local church until a rumor began to spread that she had poisoned the city's water supply and the government took action apprehending her and subjecting her to horrific torture julia confessed to killing over 600 men from 1633 to 1651 in rome alone although that number could be lower or higher 
Given that her confession came under duress, it is believed that Tofana was executed in Camp de Fori in Rome in 1659, along with her daughter and a few of her most reliable associates. Dozens of lower-class women were executed after it was revealed that they had been customers of Tofana, while many of the upper-class ladies were imprisoned or banished for their involvement in the scheme. But what's remarkable about Tofana's legacy is how it became this sort of folklore that continues to pop up throughout history. Her poisons and proof of power directly influenced the affair of the poisons in 17th century France, leading to the rise of La Voisin and the attempted murder of King Louis. And on his deathbed, Famed poser Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart allegedly blamed his sudden mysterious illness as Julia's creation, claiming, quote, I am sure that I have been poisoned. I cannot rid myself of this idea. Someone has given me aqua tafana and calculated the precise time of my death, end quote. Now, it's very likely and this is the story that i have heard is that his death actually was the result of the green wallpaper put in his homes um during this time they were very popular um but the person that created the the green color that was used in all kinds of things like toys um you know furniture wallpaper it was very toxic it included lead and arsenic in it and people would literally like breathe it in um but at the time they didn't know it was toxic um so it's very possible that he could have just been breathing in his wallpaper but if poison is truly a woman's weapon no one has wielded it like julia tafana i also want to mention if you look up Julia Tafana in Google, and maybe you'll come across her uh, Wikipedia page or um, similar websites, uh, you know, when you search something on the internet, it like a person's name, it will show portraits or pictures of that person. Well, the portraits that show up when you search Julia Tafana are not actually portraits of Julia Tafana. Um, they're fakes. They're of somebody else. There are no known pictures or portraits of Julia Tofana to have survived. So just a little tidbit of information there. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the story. Feel free to uh, leave some reviews. Um, maybe give me some ideas for future episodes. Otherwise, I have a whole list of episodes that I'm working on and I'm currently doing the research for them and I will get to them shortly. <laughs>